This is Psalm 27, the word of the Lord, good, beautiful, and true. Of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then... My head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. That in it you show us who you are and what you're about, and so you show us who we are in you. I pray in these moments as we look into the treasures of your word that you would show us, Jesus. Move upon our hearts by your Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our hearts, to see your glory and your beauty, and to seek your face. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So much of our life is waiting, right? So much of our life is waiting. We wait for small things, so we wait for the light to turn green, or we wait for somebody to text us back, or we wait for the train to move so we can keep going. Sometimes it's bigger things we're waiting for. We're waiting for test results. We're waiting for bills in the mail. We're waiting for the school year to begin. We're waiting for the school year to end. And sometimes it's the kind of waiting that we definitely don't want. It's waiting for struggles to be over. It's waiting for our bodies or our souls to heal. It's waiting for seasons of depression or anxiety to pass or or waiting for a lost loved one to find their way home. We wait and we wait and we wait and we hate it, right? We hate waiting. I think it's because waiting doesn't often feel like we're Sitting on a bench waiting for a bus to arrive, waiting often feels like a roller coaster. Waiting feels like we're going up and down and through loops, and it doesn't feel like we're strapped in. Waiting can feel like chaos. So this morning I want to look at Psalm 27, which is a song that David wrote about a time of waiting in his life to see if we can get some guidance. Since all of our life is waiting, what does God have to say to us about are waiting. And the first section is this, the roller coaster of waiting. I said it feels like a roller coaster. Well, if you look at Psalm 27, they didn't have roller coasters when David wrote this. This was like a thousand years before the time of Jesus. But the structure of this psalm, it can kind of feel like a roller coaster. If you were listening through when I just read, it begins in this place of stability, begins in this place of greatness. 
And then it travels through these high heights and these low, low depths. Look at the first verse. The first verse is a very famous one. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Amen, right? You can just say that and go home. You know, I saw a video a couple weeks ago. It was a man on a roller coaster. His friend was behind him. The guy was in the front row. His friend was behind him recording him. And the guy, as the roller coaster is going crazy, the guy in the front, he's turning, looking directly at the camera. His face does not change. He does not blink. He is focused in on, on this camera. And the caption that I saw with this video, it was me keeping my eyes on God when things are going nuts. And it was funny. It was funny. But I'm scared to say that it's not actually true all the time. Because if our expectation of what we're supposed to do when the roller coaster of life gets intense is keep a straight face and be unaffected, then we are going to be confused and disappointed when our ability to act like we are not impacted falls apart. And that's not what this, this psalm is saying here. If it was saying that, it would just stop at verse 1. It would say that one verse and be done. But as you know, it keeps going. And the, what it's trying to teach us is that in the roller coaster, our confidence is not that we can keep our eyes fixed on this camera and act like we're unaffected. Our confidence is in God, not ourselves. That's why David says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my stronghold. And for us, in the roller coaster of life, it means when there's big drops, you can scream. <laughs> you don't have to rest on your ability to try to be unaffected. God does not expect you to go through the big drops of life unaffected. We shouldn't expect anything from ourselves that God doesn't expect from us. And this statement of confidence that begins the roller coaster, it's kind of like the climb. So you're, you're on a roller coaster and you're going up that big first drop. And it's great. You're looking around, you're getting a new view. You're way up high, you can see far off in the distance, but it's just clicking. You're climbing, you get to the top, and that is the height of this confidence. David's saying, whom shall I? Who am I going to be afraid of? Well, then in verse 2, he starts listing a bunch of stuff that is frankly scary. He talks about the wicked who advance against him, enemies. He talks about a besieging army. And as the psalm continues, the roller coaster keeps going. And David goes from these heights of confidence. He goes from the heights of worship, of longing, seeing the beauty of the Lord in the temple, and seeking God's face, and shouting for joy. And then he goes to what? Days of trouble, foes, oppressors, even his family abandoning him. What David's doing in this psalm is he is waiting for all of this to pass. He is waiting. And he has, in the midst of this waiting, his eyes open to see reality. Because the life of faith is not putting blinders on. The life of faith is not pretending the tough stuff is not difficult. If we think that's it, then we are going to live lives of shame. Thinking that God expects something of us that he does not. But the life of faith is not putting blinders on. It is opening our eyes to see the ups and downs. But it is also learning to never look at our troubles or our times of wait, waiting without considering the truth that God is with us. That God is our God. That we are His people. And that means 
that there is no trouble, there is no loop, there is no up or down on this roller coaster that can override or overpower his love for us. We're on a roller coaster, yeah, but we're strapped in. We're secure in him, and this coaster is not endless. It's leading somewhere, and that is my second section. Where is this all going? So David speaks beautifully in this psalm about what he's waiting for, that he will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that he will gaze upon the Lord's beauty, that he will see God's face. David is longing to dwell with God. He's not longing for riches. He's not longing for fame. He's not longing for a dream house or a good retirement plan. He is longing for God. What David longs for more than anything is not things that God can give him. What he longs for is God himself. That God is not only his light and his salvation and his stronghold, that God is his destination. And David doesn't know the half of what he's longing for, though. He speaks here of God dwelling in a sacred tent. That would have been a reference to the tabernacle in the Old Testament. He speaks about the temple. These were symbolic buildings where God dwelled symbolically in the midst of his people. God was not contained in the temple. God was not contained within the tabernacle. But it was something that God had the Israelites to build to remind them, you live in tents, I live in a tent among you. You live in buildings, I live in a building among you. I live where you live. But the temple and the tabernacle, they all pointed forward. They all pointed forward to Jesus. They only pointed forward to Jesus. Where God didn't just live symbolically among his people, but when he became one of us to dwell with us as one of us. Where in a sense God entered the roller coaster that we experience. In Jesus, the fullness of God dwelled in bodily form, as it says in Colossians 1. And Jesus truly shows who God is. And he truly shows who we are. And in this way, in the here and now, we who have come to see God through Jesus Christ and faith in him, we have seen him in a way that David couldn't imagine. But even that points forward to a greater future when we will see him even more clearly. Throughout history, I'm going to give you a theological term you can impress your friends at lunch. Um, This has been called the beatific vision. You don't need to learn that term necessarily. That's Latin. It stands for the blessed vision. It's a fancy theological term to describe what awaits us when we will behold God in all his glory, in all his grace, when we will see his face, when we will see God unencumbered by the sin and the darkness and the limitations of this world. It's what the Apostle Paul spoke about in 1 Corinthians 13 when he said, for now we see as only a reflection in a mirror, and then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And this vision of God will mean not only that we see God, but it will also mean that we see ourselves with all the ignorance and weakness torn away. There is a future day when you will never doubt God's love for you. There is a future day when all of those things that gnaw at your heart and that guilt and shame that will pop up is gone. When you will finally realize that you are seen and known and loved because you have seen and you have known and you have loved him who has set his love on you from eternity past. 
And this is more than a hope to have a deep religious experience. It is the hope of a decisive victory of God in Jesus. A defeat of sin and death. It's the destiny that we are waiting for. Beholding God in all his glory and beauty unhindered by the effects of sin. And that is worth waiting for. But you know how sometimes roller coasters can feel really turbulent right at the end? Like they get most intense right at the the back half of it. Like you know the roller coaster's coming to an end, but now there's a string of loops in a row, and there's some really sharp terms. Well, Psalm 27 ends that way. In verse 8, David speaks to himself, and he's trying to encourage himself to not lose sight of what he's waiting for. He's even speaking to himself, seek his face. Again, this is more than just a desire to have a, 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 a heart for God. Seeking God is pursuing Him in the way that He has shown us. It's not as if God is far off. We don't have to wave our arms and get His attention. He's not asking us to perform for Him and then He'll notice us. No. In truth, God has told us where to find Him. God has told us where we know we can find Him. He's told us we can hear His voice in Scripture. He's told us that we can know His presence through others who have been swept into His grace in relationship, in worship together. He's told us that we can know and find Him in prayer, that He hears us and answers. He's told us we can find Him in places like the Lord's Supper. And so when we are struggling in the roller coaster of life, we don't have to wander around uh, confused. Where can I find God in this? We can flee to the words of Scripture. We can see the promises in the Bible that belong to us and know that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. They are secure in Christ. So when we're going through that roller coaster, we can preach the gospel to ourselves. When we are struggling, we don't need to go off by ourselves and figure it out and then come back to church. No, we need to flee to one another. As part of what it means when Scripture says that we are the body of Christ, we are empowered by His Spirit, and in a sense, we embody Jesus' intentions or we're designed to for each other. And so we can encourage each other with the words of Jesus and know that He is at work speaking to one another through us. We can embody His love and service toward one another. And so when we're struggling on this roller coaster, don't try to do it alone. Prioritize worship together. Come on Sundays because it is right here that we hear the gospel pronounced over us and we encourage one another in it. Prioritize not just worship but friendship with one another. Make it a priority to reach out to each other, to pray for each other regularly. And when you're struggling, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. When you're wondering how this roller coaster is going, you can pray and know you are heard. Even if that prayer is a muttering of a couple of words, the groaning of your heart without words, God is there with you and He hears you and He is at work to make all things work together for your good. David talks about in verse 9, fear. He talks about a fear that's come up in his heart that he will not... 
be received, that God will turn him away. Why? Because alongside that desire to seek God's face, he's found within himself that he has acted in sin and selfishness, that he needs mercy. He's found within himself sin, and he knows that God is holy. Yet, and even seeing the depth of our sin, we need not lose sight of God. Notice uh, David's song does not come to a halt there. Because God is not surprised by his sin, he's not surprised by ours. We long for the day when our struggle with sin will be over, but we can assure ourselves, even in the midst of our struggle, that no matter how intense that up and down of that coaster feels that we're strapped in. In verse 10, even if David is abandoned by his father and his mother, the people who are closest to him, he knows that God will receive him. Even if he finds himself at the end of his rope, without home, without family, he will be received by God. Now maybe you're waiting for the day when the loops of family dynamics and relationship trouble are passed. And if you're waiting for that, remember this, you are strapped in. This coaster is going somewhere. You are not abandoned to that frustration and that longing forever. In verse 11 and 12, David can ask God to lead him despite his enemies that are seeking to destroy him. He asks for protection against lies. Maybe you're waiting for a day when deceit is rooted out, when justice reigns. Well, while you wait, you're stripped in, you're kept. Verse 13, we come to the end of the coaster, and this is where the thing's headed the entire time, the goodness of the Lord. And that is what holds us. God's promise that he will show us goodness. That God will give us life. That in the roller coaster we're strapped in, not by our good intentions, not by our own power, not by our efforts or our moral perfection or anything else, that we are strapped in by God's love and his intention for us. So how does this change our relationship to waiting? Well, I think we become reoriented to waiting because we know that our waiting is not random and our waiting is not purposeless. Imagine, again, you're on a roller coaster and you're blindfolded. And you've never heard of a roller coaster before and no one's told you what's going to happen. So you're sitting there and suddenly you feel restraints on your shoulder and you feel a little bit trapped. And you feel the car start to jerk. And it's moving, and you climb upward, and suddenly you're up and down. You're upside down. You have no way of knowing what's coming next. You try to get up, but you're held down by the restraints. I think a lot of us can feel like the waiting in our life is just that, like it's random. It's up and down. It's back and forth. It feels like pure chaos, and we feel like we're strapped in for the ride with no say on how things play out. But we can open our eyes and take the blindfold off. Life is a roller coaster sometimes, even if we don't want it to be. And we're going to go through ups and downs. And sometimes the restraints that are holding us in and keeping us safe are going to feel like restraints that are holding us down. But they're holding us in for safety. So even, no matter how wild that roller coaster gets, we can be strong and take heart, as it says in the last verse of this psalm. We can wait on the Lord because our waiting is not purposeless. This is a hard pill to swallow. It's extremely hard to believe sometimes. I'm not even sure I believe it as I'm saying it right now. But God works all things together for the good of his people. 
God works within the chaos to bend it toward our good and his glory. And that is what makes the difference between patience as just being resigned to the troubles of life and patience that is formed by God's redemption of all things. The great theologian John Calvin, he called Christian patience consenting to our own good. Christian patience is consenting to our own good. It's a basic trust that this roller coaster may feel like chaos, but I'm strapped in and the mysterious working of God is wrestling against the wrong of this world and it all has to work together for my good because of God's intentions for me. Or to quote my favorite theologian, Angela, who's back there with the kids, God writes some chapters of our stories longer and differently than I think he should, but he's the master narrator. A friend of mine took a video of his daughter's first time on an upside-down roller coaster. This was a number of years ago, and the, the video is adorable. I'm shocked it didn't go viral. But it was something she had anticipated for a long time. It was this hurdle. She was kind of nervous about the loop, but she loved coasters, and she, was, she wanted to do it. So he said, I'll, I'll ride it with you. She's nervous to try it. And the video starts, and they're, first, they're just starting to climb on the first big drop. And you can see that mixture of panic and excitement in her face. He's watching her, and he's balancing her nervousness with a confidence and a few small jokes. And as they're getting closer to the top, she sees the rest of the coaster. So, you know, you're at the top, and you can see kind of everything most of the time. She can see the rest of the coaster. She sees the loops. She catches a glimpse of them, and she knows she's strapped in. And she says to her dad, um... I want to get off. <laughs> How do we get down? <laughs> and he doesn't fuss at her for being nervous. He doesn't say, well, you wanted to do this. Here we are. He says, okay. If you want to get off, I'll just tell him after this first loop. <laughs> but he said that because he knew she was safe. He knew she was strapped in. And he knew his daughter better than she knew herself. He knew she would be okay. She just had to get through the loop. She had to wait. And as they get closer to the loop, he yells, here it is. And as she goes through the loop, her face transforms from fear into joy. And she screams, I did it. Can't believe I did it. And I loved it. As we go through the roller coaster of waiting, I'm not telling you that you're going to get to the place where you love all the loops or all the drops. Some of them are not worth loving. So don't. But no matter what comes along your life, you're safe. By faith in Christ, you are strapped in. Not by your own ability, but by His. Not by your motivations, but by His. We may be afraid of the drops. We may be afraid of the loops. But our roller coaster is not random. It is leading us home. It is leading us to God. So for those of us here who are experiencing kind of that ordinary waiting of life that's so frustrating, breathe. You're okay. Be strong and take heart in the Lord and wait on the Lord. And for those of us here who are in the middle of the deep kinds of waiting, the ups and downs that we find here in Psalm 27, breathe. Be strong. Take heart. Wait on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've not left us to the wildness of life, 
You've not left us to the intentions of others for us, the intentions of the evil one. You've not left us to our own intentions for ourselves. But you have worked in history, in Christ. You have worked in our lives, Lord, to bring us to yourself. And that no matter how wild this roller coaster may seem to get, that we are strapped in. And that all roads of our life lead home to you because they have to. So I pray, Lord, as we wait the difficulties, as we wait in joy even, as we wait through things we don't want to wait through, that you would encourage us, that you would give us hope, and that we would keep our faith in you and not ourselves. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.